0: the method or the mechanism Mechanism. the mechanism I can go over the screw home method mechanism would you like me to do that now or after we do the slides Uh, I don't want to speak for everybody anyone anyone do it now alright okay so we have femur and tibia in hand Screw home. Condylar surface, which one's longer? Medial. Medial's longer. Medial has farther to roll. As I extend the knee, lateral epicondyle gets to the point where it can't go any further. Still have joint surface left here. I rotate laterally externally. External. Yes. In order to, ro- to bend the knee, I reverse the process to catch up. So for a visual when you extend the knee, toe points out. Toe point, yes. How are we there yes unfortunately I have no no foot this is a foot free zone I looked for a foot back there I couldn't find one well I couldn't find one that was the right leg so everybody okay with the screw home for another five minutes so when it's, so when, it's extends, when you extend the tibia externally rotates on the femur. Yes. Next, Correct. Just revert. And here again, remember one. And the other one will be the opposite. Something that you, I think you really have to get into your hands. You have to see the surfaces because if you can't visualize the fact that one's longer, it's going to be harder for you to, to really be able to 3D spatially interpreted in your head. So get the bones and get messing with them. Let's go through these slides. All right, so functions of the knee joint. you got to like a a slide that says four functions of the knee joint because that's the kind of slide that becomes A a test question. Note to self. Anytime that somebody steps out and says there are four important points here. I would like you to remember It might be an indicator that it would be important. So Don't forget the first one. I love this. It always sounds like it's kind of obvious, but it is an important function It does link the femur to the tibia That seems obvious, but that is function number one support your upper body absorb shock And we found out last week that it absorbs shock by way of what primary elements in the knee? The menisci assist. And then the fourth function is that it does allow us to locomote, to locomote. It exists as a word now. So if we didn't have a knee, you wouldn't be able to bend the leg. And if you didn't bend the leg, you would have to use your spine and hip To swing the leg and as we established last week this is not a very effective means of locomoting so you would have to use your trunk to and your hip to hike or circumduct hinge joint but modified so when you say hinge joint you think one axis of motion but this has actually got two It's the most complex joint of the body simply because it has a very, very difficult task. It has to be able to provide stability because obviously you've got all your body weight above it. But it also has to have mobility, otherwise I can't move or I can't, uh, I'm going to use the word again, I can't locomote, I can't ambulate. So there are a lot of stresses at the knee that it has to be able to uh, work with. There's a, there's a knee. Actually, this is a knee in pretty good shape. And see this little thing back here? That is probably one of two things. This is not me. This is probably a joint mouse or a loose body. I don't know why they call them joint mice. Like joint rats, joint cockroaches, joint mice. I mean, for some reason, they just said it's a joint mouse or a loose body, or it's my favela. It could be. I know that's what my pictures look like. They look far worse than that, actually. So you have the tibiofemoral joints, two, medial and lateral. And you have the patellofemoral joint, one, on the front. So the patella slides in a groove. What is the groove called? Well, and if you gave me that, I'd go with it. Being a simple kind of guy that I am, I'd go with patellar groove. What is the other name for it? Yeah, so it's a trochlea. Trochlea being pulley. So when I flex the knee, my patella slides down, and when I extend the knee, my patella slides up. That is the way it has to function in the groove. I always remember that in terms of if... I have the patella here and I have this little, let's use this as my patellar tendon. Patellar tendon doesn't move a whole lot, correct? So it's almost like saying, okay, your patella's stuck here with the patellar tendon. Now, where does it go? It has to go down. Muscle tendon, muscular tendinous unit lengthens here to allow it to happen. When I go back up into extension, what happens? It slides superiorly. That is but one way to remember it. So you have your femur, you have your tibia, and you have your patella. The patella, although it is a separate bone, is truly a sesamoid bone. And thus, I would call the patellar tendon a patellar tendon, as opposed to a patellar ligament. It's semantics. You can call it either, whatever you're most comfortable with. I find that it's easier to remember as a tendon because it then associates the sesamoid, or excuse me, the patella as being a sesamoid in the quadriceps tendon. Patella has hyaline cartilage on the back of it so that it can glide. Tibia is the... is. The biggest, or the largest and the heaviest bone in the lower leg. It's very dense. and we have all these features that we've listed, and you've already done all those features because you've already handled all the bones, I believe, from day one. So you have the proximal tibiofibular and a and, an, and we actually have an uh, a distal tibiofibular or an inferior. The head of the fibula with the tibia or the tibula and the, the fibula, fibula and the tibula. But this is not truly part of the joint. You don't weight bear through this. You have to have it, but you don't weight bear through it. All your weight bearing occurs through the tibia. Two joint or two motions or two uh, planes of motion. Flexion and extension is the one we measure. in order for you to have flexion extension you have to have the second axis which allows you to do the screw home method I'm I'm gonna go with the method and I put hyper extension in or hyper in quotes you will see that phrase but what we need to remember is that hyper indicates some level of abnormality but for the joint to go We measure 0 to there correct and when we're measuring flexion we measure in what direction down all right at least given the position I've given you here so now if I go back to zero how do I measure extension well yes but how do I move to show extension up yes so by definition this is positive Yes, I have 5 degrees, 10 degrees, 45 degrees of extension. That's the way the joint functions. So I put hyper in quotes because you'll see it that way, but I think that you just, me- all you're doing is measuring extension. Hyper extension is kind of a, I don't think it's a very good phrase because it indicates bad things or can. And I don't think that this is necessarily a bad thing, this is what is. You're measuring it. So 5 to 10 degrees is considered within normal limits, that being you having a little bit of, if you stand, you can lock them out and then some. This way. Women tend to do it more than guys do. Guys don't tend to extend at the knee like that. If it's biaxial then what is the other motion so we talked about this the screw home mechanism extension versus flexion closed chain versus open chain so open chain we talked about as I extend I externally rotate that might be a good way to remember it as I extend I externally rotate As I flex, I internally rotate. But what happens if this is now fixed? The opposite occurs. It just depends upon what your reference point is. This way, my reference point is here. This way, my reference point is here. So it just changes your perspective on it. Same motion. Motion doesn't change. It's the reference point that changes. Open chain, external rotation in extension. External rotation of the tibia. Internal rotation of the tibia with flexion. Now, if I hold this down and I extend, I'm still, doing, I'm still doing the same motion, but I'm having to now move the femur on the tibia. So it's internally rotating as I extend. The femur is internally rotating on the tibia. And externally rotating on the tibia. That's closed chain. chain. Just reverses. On the tibia. Whereas in open chain, the tibia is externally rotating on the femur. It's the same movement. It's just the reference point that you're using Yes, we still call it the screw home mechanism. Open chain, open chain and closed chain are two totally different things. Open chain distal end is moving closed chain distal end is fixed oh. weight-bearing. typically weight bearing yes out, yeah if i'm if I'm walking, I actually have open and closed chain occurring at the same time, depending upon the joint so for example. When I place my left foot, I am now in a closed-chain position. My right leg is in what position? It's an open, yes. The distal end is moving. We did this. Uh, we talked about the alignment and the Q angle, which is the angle between the tibia and the, fi- the tibia and the femur. And if this is my right, then I'm going from zero to 90. Obviously, that's not going to happen. Let's hope not. So six degrees is typical. That's the angle from the femur to tibia. That is also known as the Q angle, yes. All right, so now if it was greater, if I now have, if I had 30 degrees, it would be there, 45 degrees would be there. Let's hope you don't see anybody with 45 degrees. They won't be happy and you'll probably be running away from it because you'll be concerned that they have a 45 degree Q angle. You'll be running to the surgeon. Okay, less than six degrees would be this would be zero, so this would be negative. What do we call this? What do we call it at the knee? Genu valgum. Genu- yes, and genu varum. Knock knee, bow legged. This is a right leg. That is correct. So you have valgum verum and recurvatum. Recurvatum. I like that. It just sounds like it has to have some kind of inflection to it. Recurvatum. Here, here. Recurvatum. Or recurvatum. I don't know. Sounds better with an accent, if you ask me. So, there are a lot of reasons why you can bend backwards, but the knee, you can see the knee in that position. This is just describing the position that they are in, it's a descriptive terminology. 0 degrees is no recurvatum. No, I mean anything so more than that. If I stand in any degree of extension, yes. it is. Yes. Is it just standing or is it actually like how is the density, It's It's typically you wouldn't describe it as that when you were like when you were measuring. Yeah. So if you were to if the person goes here, you wouldn't say, "Well, they've got 20 degrees of knee recurvatum." You'd say they have 20 degrees of extension, and they probably I'll put money stand in genu curvatum. So it would be a description of their alignment as they stand typically. 20. Yeah, I, that that's the only place I've ever seen it described. Really quick, the um, knock knees is less. Knock knees. Yes, because if if this is six, that's normal. No, hold on. Knock knees is greater than six. Greater than six? Yes, because the, the angle is zero. Six. Greater, greater than. Okay. Yes. So it's measured on the uh, lateral side. The degrees. It's measured with one line. Right. <laughs> you just. I think you just do this to get me to have to come up with another hand. Line here relative to the tibia. So it's the angle from here out. So if I was just to just extend the line of the femur, it's the line from there to the tibia. Is everybody happy with Varum and Valgum? Sorry. So the line Nicole just wants me to do this again. Stupid party tricks. Okay, the line of the femur. You're going to have a line of the tibia out here, and the angle is here. Varum would be typically zero and in. Yeah, I mean, formally, less than six. But when they're verum, they're going to be zero or the other way, one measured. I don't think you're going to be fiddling with like four five and saying, "Well, they're varum." You're going to say they're four five and they probably stand just fine. Varum is going to be, I don't know, like five degrees in the other direction. We're not talking. We're not talking about you having to be accurate to one degree. Yes. Yeah, if they showed up like that and you were measuring it out, then, yeah, that's how you'd, that's how you'd uh, document it. I wouldn't say just five degrees of genu varum, we would say negative five degrees. Or... I would say, just to make sure that I was, tra- I was translating that for anybody that was reading it after me, I would say five degrees of genu Only because there is oftentimes the confusion of, well, how, how is he measuring it? That way you can't get confused. It's five degrees, it's five degrees in, period. Everybody will agree on where, where the zero is. That we know. But it's how it's described. It's like having, if this is as far as I can extend, how do you describe that? Well, there are a lot of ways to do it. You could say that they have, their range of motion is 20 degrees to 135 degrees. That would be one way. The other way that I will always do is they have 135 degrees of knee flexion. They are lacking... 20 degrees of knee extension. That way there is no way that anybody following me can mess that up. Just for the sake of being distinct. Now, it does require more writing, but I would rather that and at least have the person following me know than to say, well, it's 20 to 135, and because then you can get messed up. The The therapist after you can get messed up. Stability got two long bones So big levers lots of torque on the knee But you don't have a whole lot of bony stabilization as we talked about with the femoral condyles and the tibial condyles, so You even put a little meniscus in there to make it a little bit more of a deep dish to to seat it It still doesn't have a whole lot of, of stability built into the system, so we've got to do that elsewhere so we do it by way of the joint capsule we do it by way of the ligaments We do it by way of where the muscular attachments are. And you have dynamic support of the muscular attachments in all four quadrants. So anteriorly, you have it by the quads and the patellar ligament or patellar tendon. Laterally, the IT band is there, which isn't actually a a muscular support as such, but it does have some muscular relations to it at the hip. Medially, you have the anserine, which is which? It's the goose. We got that part. Good. Everybody knows anserine is goose. So it is? Yeah, and I always remember it's semi And the reason why I went back to that is because it's the tendon that you, can, that you can palpate. So in order for you to get the three parts of the goose's foot, there's got to be something there to palpate. semi you can't get to easily. So, semitendinosus, sartorius, and gracilis. And then, posteriorly, you have the semimembranosus provide some support, and the popliteus, the big monster popliteus muscle uh, in the back of the knee, that help to provide some dynamic support as well. But certainly, we're not talking about a, you having like a bicep there to support the knee. It doesn't have, it's just not there. Semitendinosus, sartorius, and gracilis are your pez So you got eight ligaments, of which four are important, and four are or three are not quite so important, and one is debatable depending upon what you des- or how you describe it. So working up the patellar ligament, we all know now it can be a ligament or a tendon depending upon what you want to describe it as. Uh, the transverse ligament connects the menisci, the oblique and the arcuate popliteal or popliteal, depending upon where you are, would be posterior support, not big ligaments. So you got the four biggies. Amazing. That's why they're bold. Use bold as, I was almost going to highlight them on the slide, like a nice yellow, yellow band across them, because those are the ones you need to know. So if we look at this diagram, this is from the front, and this is right or left? Right, because generally speaking, anatomists like to just, do, anatomists basically think that the left doesn't exist. <laughs> The right exists. We'll use that as your reference point. So we have exposed the front of the knee. We've removed the quad, the quad tendon, the patella, and most of the patellar tendon, although you can see it here. They have your ACL, your PCL, the medial, excuse let's see, well, the medial meniscus and the the um, medial collateral ligament and then the lateral collateral ligament stands on its own